In this episode, I talk to my friend Hannah. Hannah and I are new to each other, having only met a few years ago while we were in our mid-twenties. In this episode, we talk about COVID-19 restrictions here in Vancouver, where we both live, Hannah's move from Wellington, New Zealand to Vancouver, British Columbia a few years ago, as well as how our younger selves might meet our current selves and how they might react to each other. Oh, an audio warning about this episode is that there's a little bit of an issue with the overlay at certain points, so it might sound like Hannah is responding to a question before I ask them to her. I hope you bear with us, though. How is the new gig? You've been in it, what, two? Has it been two or three weeks now? Um, I think it's been about three weeks. Um, honestly, I love it. It's, it's awesome. Um, everyone is so nice. It's, how's your family feeling with everything, like you being so far away? Um, Does it come up or are they like used to it? My, fam- my family, they really miss me. Um, and I think yeah. they've put on a really brave face and been really strong since March. But I definitely think it's probably, no, it is getting to them now. Because it's just like, when will this, when, how long is this going to go on for? Like, when are we going to see you again? Like, well, I have faith that by this time next year, this will be behind us to some extent. Yeah, I do too. I think next year is going to be obviously way better than 2020, I think. Yeah, it does look like they're getting closer to a vaccine. Like, I'm sure by Christmas time next year, we'll be having a different conversation. I've been reading that they're, they're, um, making some good ground on finding something finding a vaccine yeah so i'm like yeah like i feel like even possibly maybe by like the summer or fall of next year we might have some hope that this is you know going to be behind us in some capacity hopefully to be honest like i am weirdly very settled into this life i miss seeing my friends i miss like going out i miss hugging my friends but in terms of the day-to-day, like, I'm very settled at home. It doesn't actually bother me that I don't <laughs> go anywhere. It's almost a relief to not have to be, like, so scheduled because mm. there's all these things to do. And to just be like, yeah, to just be able to be at home all weekend and not do anything. And have it also be okay to, like, say that to other people when they ask yeah, you, what did you do true. this weekend? I don't know. Like, does that make sense? I feel like I always used to feel very, like, pressured. Like, really productive or social during Yeah. 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 Especially in the summertime and stuff, because people here are so outdoorsy. And I'm not. (laughs) Um, And everyone's, like, doing a million hikes and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't do that. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. I think that's been, like, a really interesting like realization for me that like I actually am okay in my own company it's lonely sure but it's not mm. like I'm not suffering and that's such I don't big feel thing, like, like being okay I'm... in your own company like with yourself yeah like I spend most of the day home alone when Colin's not here I'm sure I'm in like a million meetings which probably also is why I don't feel mm. that isolated uh, because it's not like I'm right, silent yeah. all day yeah. either even if I'm home alone which is is good. I think it's, I feel like when I've spoken to other people from my office who are adjusting to working from home, like some are really struggling with 
the like lack of social lack of socialization right where whereas i'm like oh i'm actually all right this is almost i think i prefer this to be honest yeah i think i used to be someone who was very scheduled and social because like it was pretty lonely before mm-hmm. Colin came here. Like, it was just, like, an easy thing to be like, oh, I always have something to do almost mm-hmm. every day after work and something to fill the time. But now that, like, it's been over a year since he's been here, um, I feel like he's just settled into, like, a different mm-hmm. pace. Yeah. Which is quite nice. And you have each other now. Yeah. I have a question. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you. When we first met, what was your first impression of me? If you even remember. Because I remember when we first met. I don't know if you remember. It's still the same impression I have of you now. Um, Oh, what is that? Very organized, (laughs) very onto it, um, very hospitable and lovely, um, really, yeah, I guess, yeah. I find it hard to believe that that was your first impression of me, given that I'm pretty sure you were hungover. Me? Hungover? Yeah. Oh, my God. No. You don't remember? Our first meeting was in New Zealand. I was thinking of Canada. <laughs> okay, okay. I was hungover. Um, <laughs> um, okay, I'm trying to think back because I was really hungover. I remember you sitting in Cynthia's apartment. Yeah. And you were early. Yeah. Did I, I wake up? Was I staying yes. at her house? You did. You you stumbled oh out quite God. a bit after. Like, I think you were, I was, I came in a lot earlier than anticipated. I think yeah, I woke her up she, as well. But Yeah, you were just early. Like, I ended up getting there at 8 when I think I thought I would yeah, get there at 10. That, that is very you. You're always early. That wasn't my <laughs> fault that the flight landed um, early. Uh yeah, and uh, I think what I recall was that you eventually came yeah. out, you emerged, and you asked me about okay. Calgary. Because I think you were maybe thinking think of moving there. lived there. Um, maybe? I can't remember why I asked you that. I think you, like, you seemed at the time, like, my impression was that, oh, she's very, like, she's thinking of moving and she's thinking of moving to Calgary. And I think I tried to paint you, like, I don't think I was very kind towards <laughs> Calgary. And I think they said something of it being, like, really towny but and everyone's painted small the town and redneck to me. Although my friends, <laughs> Jack and Colin, who lived there, they, they really enjoyed it. And they said, said that there's really nice parts of the city. But um, I think I was asking yeah. because I was contemplating going either there to visit them for Christmas or to Washington DC, maybe. And I ended up ah, just okay. doing DC. Um But you didn't know at the time, because that would have been in about May of twenty seventeen. And that November you ended up moving to Vancouver. So did you kind of know already in May that you were gonna move here? Because I don't think oh, I got really? that impression. Well, I think I had either no, I had already, I had already got my visa. And yeah, I think that part you had mentioned, but I don't think I realized oh. that you were moving to Vancouver in like six months so when we spoke I, yeah, then. I'm not quite sure. 
that morning was a bit of a blur to me <laughs> because it was only yeah no that's totally fair because I'm pretty sure I only like clicked when a few months later Cynthia like messaged me to be like hey my friend's moving or maybe I was just asking because that was really the only place I knew I knew other than Vancouver I don't know I probably had a reason I don't know hang so now that you've like traveled back to that Mm. morning of being kind of hungover what was your first impression of me other than me sitting on the couch (laughs) being too Um, early very very nice um very well spoken um, you seem very intelligent, obviously. You yeah, picked all obviously. of that up that early, yeah, like, I mean, before 10 a.m.? <laughs> and, like, I just felt That's, embarrassed oh. for myself. <laughs> I was, like, hungover, looking like a piece of shit. And... I, I mean, I'm pretty sure yeah. it was a Saturday morning, in fairness. So I was not judging anyone. I honestly felt really bad because I knew it was so early and it was very clear that like everyone was still asleep and like here I am um, just like in the way. But said a lot about you. Um, so yeah, I like I wanted to meet you, but I just was hungover. And then I aw. think I had to be somewhere. Yeah, you. I feel like you left pretty quickly. Probably, you left before we left. Yeah, yeah. Because I yeah I don't know what I was doing. I cannot remember. It just seems so long ago wow that is crazy I mean that would have been three years ago like it's almost actually you probably just had your three-year anniversary of moving here didn't you like a few days ago yeah yeah but I remember I remember meeting you down like seeing you for the second time here more than I remember the first the first time Oh, Hannah, this was actually the third time because I also saw you in Typo in New Zealand in the oh, same trip. Oh, that you came in with your parents? And I remember your, yeah. I yeah, parents, I yeah. Think. I remember thinking, wow, <laughs> she's really tall. I, you know what? It's so strange for me now, even when I see you, even though obviously I've seen you so many, so many times since then, but like that impression of you, you just, I remember you seeming hmm. so tall Thank to me. Thank you. But I obviously don't like <laughs> feel that anymore. So I don't know. Maybe you I were wearing like platform shoes or something. I used to wear thick, like platformy shoes back then. Uh, and then you answered some questions I had about the store. And then, yeah, after that, it I think the next the time phone. we spoke might have been over Messenger or text yeah. or something. Yeah, I don't actually remember. But um, yeah. I, I remember you arriving. Um what was your yeah. first impression of me? Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, that morning that you were hungover, I don't think I had any impression. Because to be honest, you were the first friend of some oh, wow. kids I'd met since we were kids. Um, because, like, you know, I'm never really in New Zealand. It had been many years. Um, prior to that trip in 2017, I think I hadn't mm. been to New Zealand since I was about 12. So, like, 14 years, roughly? 13, 14 years. So I, I really didn't know anything about anyone. And I was just like, it was very clear that you were hungover. So I was, I felt just really bad. And I don't remember having an impression of you either way, other than like, oh, I, re- I think the only impression I did have was like, oh, she seems normal. Well, that's good. But, uh, 
Do you remember what you wanted to be when you were little? Like, did people ever ask you what you wanted to be when um, you grew up? I wanted to be a few different things. I wanted to um, be a horse rider, like a own my own stables, (laughs) like own my own horses as when I was like four or five. Um, (laughs) Oh, okay. um, Because I was obsessed with horses. Is that... I did, I, why why was that um, why, your ambition um, at the time? I just loved horses and I also did horse riding. Um, um, oh, wow. Okay. I was very lucky because my parents weren't making a lot of money, but they put me through horse riding pony school. Um, oh. so yeah, I wanted, to, I wanted a horse and I begged my parents and obviously they said no, but they said when I'm 18, I can just buy my own. So I was like, I'm going to buy my own horse when I'm 18 and have my own stables um obviously that changed I didn't want a horse anymore but yeah I wanted to do that and then when I was in high school I guess I wanted to be it always changed it honestly it always changed I wanted to be like a makeup artist and then I wanted to be um like a graphic designer and then a photographer like it just changed all the time now it's none of those things but I think um yeah, that's, that's what I wanted to be when I was younger. How do you feel like talking about all these things that you wanted to be as a younger mm. version of yourself um, now? Like with the horse the horse thing, I'm fine with that not panning out. That's okay. That's like a whole <laughs> lifestyle, right? Um, yeah, I hear that yeah. horse people are really horse yeah, people. Like you have to that's be the like first thing all that they about are, yeah. it and really in love with it. So that's okay. Um. And then with the other things, I think, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, I guess there's always time if I, if I truly wanted to do those things and I could, honestly. But I think I've done mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a lot of things that I have, other things that I've planned to do in my life. Um, and I think with yeah. my new career change as well, it's kind of like, I think it's the start of something new for sure. And it might not be being a makeup artist or owning a horse stable, but um, it's definitely, I feel good about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Do, do you think 16 year old Hannah, if you told her at 20, whatever, 28, 29, 30, you'd be living in North America. You'd be dating this guy. You'd be living together. And this is what you, this is what your day to day looks like. What do you think she'd say? Or what would she, how would oh she react? Oh my gosh. She would, I don't know. She would just say, that's not true. <laughs> like, no way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Um, like, it, with disbelief? or no, Actually, because I always wanted to, to be fair, I did always want to live, I wanted to go traveling, even at a young age, um, out, be outside of New Zealand. Um, uh-huh. Well, I, do you think that was influenced by you yeah. like living in the yeah, states for a while like, when you were a kid? Really encouraged, like wanting to travel and live overseas. So I think when I came back to New Zealand when I was like sixteen or seventeen, I always had intentions of um, living elsewhere, um, but still like you know getting my mm-hmm. degree and all that jazz. But I think maybe maybe if I looked back on like twenty year old Hannah or twenty one year old Hannah, I've just yeah, I'd be mm-hmm. just, like, so surprised because, obviously, yeah. I was, like, at a way different point in my life. I was with 
Sunny, who I was with for so long, and I thought that I was just going to, we were going to finish our degrees and get married and have children and just live in New Zealand or, like, live in Wellington. Like, I honestly thought that's how my life was yeah. going to pan out. Um, so now that mm-hmm. it's, now that I'm here, it's just, yeah, I guess looking back, I would have been like, what the hell? <laughs> that's crazy. No way. <laughs> I know it's so funny how life takes its own mm. form almost. Yeah, I guess I could have never imagined it. I could have never like thought thought it up at all. In even like 2016, how old were we? So 24. Uh, so that's four like, years ago. I would ago? have never even dreamt of living here. Yeah. Just wouldn't have even been on my radar. Honestly. 24 I mean I'm not far away from 24 but 24 it seems like a Mm -hmm. whole different life to me now I don't know if it's that if that's to do with like 2020 being the year that it's been or if it's just maybe a lot of growth really does happen in our 20s like 2021 feels feels like a different person almost I I don't remember so much of like being in school like, I obviously know I moved here, but I remember almost Why's nothing that, of my yeah. undergrad degree. I think I was just really not in a great mm. mental headspace for most of it. And my only goal was to get through it. And I did. But as a result, I remember almost mm. nothing. Um, <laughs> I, I knew, I know what I studied. I can, I remember my profs. Um, but in terms of the day-to-day, like... I don't remember remember what it felt like. I don't remember anything I had. The only things like that come to me when I think about mm-hmm. it is like the extreme test anxiety. And so I think partially like that was why I also just wanted to get through it quickly so it would be over. But yeah, it's always so interesting for me to like listen to other people talk about that time in their lives. And I'm like, wow, I wish I remembered. I really hated more of those years. I hated it, but I I didn't enjoy I didn't enjoy it as much what what do you mean uh, by that when you say you you were not uh, yeah you hated it you didn't enjoy it like which parts or really, what really parts? bad anxiety my first and second year of university and I couldn't do anything without okay. um like sunny doing things with me like going to class or like like I just, just struggled with anxiety oh, okay. it was like the worst anxiety I've ever had in my life was my first and second year and I think it was just because I don't know, maybe, like, this new expectation is placed upon you to, like, not be, like, a child anymore. Mm -hmm. Because you are technically a child in high school, really. How Um, old were you when you started uni? I was 18. Okay, I was 19. Um, I I was what I thought to be very old, (laughs) which is uh, such nonsense. But, um, okay, so you were 18, so you felt like... You experienced say, a lot of anxiety for the first few years. That's not true. I just had, it just, um, it made my, I was a little bit miserable my first two years because of the anxiety. Um, and I also like felt like I, and I, think, I, I think everyone goes through like a little bit of imposter syndrome. Maybe when they like start university or like a new job, like I really truly felt mm. like I didn't, I wasn't meant to be here. Like it was a mistake. And I don't know why. I just did. And like Aww. I passed all my classes. So it wasn't like I was, you know, stupid. 
yeah like it was fine I just struggling with school yeah I don't know why and then um my third year my last year of university I moved in with a group of friends and we went flatting and I and it was the best and it helped me so much and I didn't I don't know what ha- what happened, but a lot of the anxiety kind of like melted away and I was like more confident in my studies and my presentations and like just, yeah, I was just more confident overall at university and like everything kind of fell into place. But first two years were not very nice. So were you living yeah, with living your with parents, parents in the first two years? Yeah. And did they know that you were experiencing those I, feelings or I struggling with that? So. A part of it, I, I went to see a counsellor because um, – Something kept on coming up that I couldn't work through. Um, something that happened to me as a teenager. Okay. Um, and I couldn't do. Okay. I couldn't like function properly because of this thing that happened. So I had to tell my parents about it, and then okay. I saw a counselor. And I think because I started seeing her the end of second year, and then like halfway into my third year, I think that probably helped with my overall anxiety as well which was why my third year was so good right um, but yeah they knew parts of okay. it okay yeah or like a lot of it but not all of what I was feeling probably yeah like do you think I'm curious to know like if you did you feel like you had the words to describe what you were experiencing back then I know you just said like there was an event that happened that kind of was the trigger to a lot of things so like not talking about that part of it but in terms of like did you realize that it was anxiety as you were experiencing it or is that um, like you I reflecting now on that reflecting time on that time because at the time I just remember just feeling so fucking miserable and I think anxiety takes on a lot of different yeah. forms um and like just being so yeah. sad and like I don't know um and just feeling like um, down in the dumps all the time and like mixed with like the imposter syndrome and then that people don't like me for some reason. Um, that's what I was feeling at the time. Yeah. But now that I'm looking back, I'm like, I just had like very bad anxiety due to this thing and other things, I guess. But yeah, yeah, I got through it, but it was, took a while. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> I think as I get older, maybe you can tell me if this resonates with you, but I feel like for me as I get older and I think more about like the things I experienced as a younger person or younger version of myself, whether it's like me reflecting on my own or like when I'm in like a therapy session, I'm just, I'm shocked by how much I personally don't remember and also how now that I am older and have a wider Mm. vocabulary and a bit more lived experience how I look back at those events and things and it's shocking to me now as an adult whereas when I was in it it didn't feel it felt really normalized it felt like that was just life or yeah that was just reality and yeah I definitely think now that yeah we're both a bit older and we have more lived experiences and we can kind of like articulate those feelings a bit better um it is easier to Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. look back and we kind of pinpoint what we were feeling a bit better and understand ourselves a bit better. Yeah. Do you ever in those like moments of realization wish that you knew then what you knew now? Yeah. Because if I knew then what I knew now, 
I'd be able to tell myself that first of all, it's going to get better and you're going to become a full grown adult, healthy adult with, um, and you're going to shake these feelings and people do like you <laughs> actually like you're going to be fine and that there are bigger things. Yeah. Not bigger things to worry about, but there's just like the, it's more than what you're like stressing over right now. Like there's more to life than just this thing. That is yeah. like taking over your life. So yeah, I really enjoy having these kinds of conversations with friends because I think, I guess where I come from, like my background, mm-hmm. like we're so the culture is to sweep things under the rug. You know, right. we don't ever, we would never have these kinds of conversations where I grew up, and so you you're really at a disadvantage because you're not allowed to learn from other people's journeys and experiences yeah. because yeah. no one will ever talk about them. And I think it's such a shame because honestly, the reason I went to therapy and start therapy is because I saw so many people mm-hmm. around me gaining so much from it that I felt like, okay, this seems like a logical thing for me to do. But I think if I, if no one were, you know, if people were not transparent about that, that part being um, part of their lives or you know, how integral therapy and just talking to friends mm. and having close friends that you could be really honest with about everything. If I didn't see that as being normalized wow. here, I don't know that I would be this person today. Yeah. And to be honest, like, when I think back to my younger self, like, I think I always knew right. that I needed that and I knew I wasn't getting it oh, where I was. It's really, like, growing up is interesting. That you, like, go to therapy <laughs> now and stuff? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. My parents are still very much in that uh, in that space. And to be honest, um, I mean, I'm actually I'm okay to tell you. So my mom. Um, oh, that's so. Nice. I don't know if I've told you, but my dad calls me every Sunday. He has since he's retired, so it's been like like mm, over a year, like a year and a half, let's say. He calls oh. every Sunday, and usually the calls last about three minutes. They're really, really quick. And uh, in the last few months Mm. where, like, my mom and I have pretty much stopped speaking, um, I think he's trying Mm. to to build a raft almost. Um, Because I suspect they feel like I am slipping away. And, you know, especially now that they know about Colin and us living together, (laughs) I think they're worried I'll just, like, disappear completely from their lives. So they're trying to, like you know, keep me somewhere where they can reach me, I think. Anyway, so um, most of the time, though, when we speak, it's always about my sister because my dad and I don't really have much of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, he wasn't around for most of my my life there, really. Um, so, you know, the kind of grounding piece is my sister and the stuff she's going through. And so um, last Sunday, we were we talked for quite a long time um, about her and some things that she's she's going through and you know I gave him my perspective and so we were talking through all that and then he asked me oh does Colin know about all these things we talk about and I was like well yeah he's sitting right beside me I don't know if mm-hmm. he's listening but I don't like hide things from him and he was like oh well you know I hope he doesn't think badly of us um, and I was like oh no of mm-hmm. course not and then we just ended the conversation I didn't really think much of it And then on Wednesday, I get this text from my mom. And keep in mind, again, like, we're not speaking right now. We haven't spoken in months. And um, she sends me this long message 
talking about some of her own experiences, but basically <laughs> telling me she thinks that I tell Colin too much and that I need to stop telling him things because it'll make him disrespect me and them. Just, um, that's just crazy. <laughs> I know. So it's, you know, and I think like I've, you're maybe like the third person I've shared this with, but like, it's so interesting because some, someone else was like, oh, it's fine. Like, don't pay any attention to it. Just shrug it off. Yeah. And I'm like, do you know what it feels like to have your mother say that to you, though? Because I think just that mm. one message, I'm like, this is exactly who I mean, she is. This is where I grew up. There's things wrong with what she said. Oh, there's so many things wrong with what it. Did and you I, say and I have her? so many, like, I understand all the layers. Did and you I not reply? talk about them. Oh. <laughs> I actually, no, I did. I did. I wrote back and I said, um, just to clarify, you telling me I should keep things from Colin because he might be mean to you about it later. <laughs> and she said, no, not mean, disrespectful. And then, and then I said, okay, thanks for sharing your experience. And then I wrote back to her a few hours later and I was like, do you actually believe this? Because her argument was that she had, you know, I guess in her words, complained mm-hmm. about her family's challenges to my dad before they were married. And I... I'm not going to comment on this personally, but her opinion is that, mm. you know, he was never very nice to her parents and her family. And so she attributes the fact that she shared her struggles with them to him being the reason that he mm. was not very nice to them. So I kind of just asked her the question. I was like, well, you don't know. Like he had such a rough upbringing of his own. He was probably just mean to your parents because he mm. didn't trust parents. Like he had a shit childhood. It's, probably two percent to do with what you Mm, said mm. and 98 percent everything else you know Um, she never responded obviously um because that would be very out of character (laughs) to actually respond to me when i am pushing her to (laughs) to think beyond her assumptions um but yeah like i think like Mm -hmm. that's where i grew up that's where like she's the person who raised me right and that's that's the um, belief system that we had growing up was that you keep things to yourself you don't talk about them so I think if I told them I had there I was going Mm. to therapy her first reaction would be like well I must have done something Mm. wrong that like both my children can't function Um, Mm. and it would just like she doesn't really have a lot of capacity to think of other people um it's always like an immediate reflection on herself and like her failures. And she tries to use that as like a manipulation for you to do and say what she wants. It's really messed up. And like, yeah, for Mm. all of these reasons, I will never tell them. I don't think that I'm in therapy. That's yeah. Um, That's she sounds like she can't kind of look outside herself. See the bigger picture. Yeah. It's, it's sad though, because also, like, in that one text, I'm like, this is why your life has been the way it is. Mm-hmm. Because you have felt the need to not tell anyone anything. Mm-hmm. And sit there with your own thoughts and your own assumptions that yeah. you can't let anybody in. And you're lonely. Yeah. I mean, and she can only control, I don't know, she, yeah. I don't know, there's, like, a few different thoughts I have in my head about it. Just the one, just about how he'll be <laughs> because he knows too much about if you share too much about them it's like well she can control her actions and her words so I mean oh yeah I mean honestly if I wanted to be snarky that would have been my first response to be like you don't want him to think you're crazy Mm -hmm. then don't be crazy 
um, not be crazy, but yeah. then tell me I can't tell my partner about mm-hmm. it because you don't want him <laughs> to think poorly of you. You like, kind of just have to laugh at it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. I mean, you can't yeah. make this shit up. You really can't. Um, and uh, yeah, like, just there's been too many conversations this year where I'm like, wow, you really have no desire to grow or see me in the way I'm telling you who and where I am. Like, I don't know oh, how much so more I can take of these kinds of interactions. don't have the capacity to grow or learn. No, but I know. She's not that old, though. She's not even I mean, 60. Oh, parents of older children, I think, maybe. I guess. Find it hard to grow past yeah. what they what they know in a way like, it's it's also really interesting for me because like mm. I'm so different from them and I've always known that but to, to to experience that feeling as an adult of like wow I was raised by you but we have almost nothing in common must be a feeling um and the way because I think yeah like it's disappointing I think, uh, uh, like, if I were to just sum it up in one word, it would be disappointing. Yeah. Um, And I'm sure she's feeling the same way as well about me. Um, So, yeah, it's just just one of those things that we just have to look through and see what happens. Are you feeling, like, okay, though? Or just, like, frustrated at this whole thing? I mean, it changes every day, (laughs) if I'm honest. Um... And I think each day makes it easier to digest, to be like, yep, this is all the things um, I worried about as a child, about how she would react if I told her Mm. things, which led to me not telling her things, Mm, is exactly how she's reacting now that she knows things, if that makes sense. So in on one hand, mm. I'm like, okay, my instincts were always right, even as a very young child. Yeah. Um, so it's very validating in that regard. That's sad. But it's also like the fact that it's yeah. my fears are confirmed mm. is very sad. Yeah. Um, and mm. it just it makes makes me have a lot of compassion for like my younger self, because I don't think I realized what a toll it took for me like living in the same house every day late. And to be honest, like. Because I've not lived at home for almost a decade, I think mm. I mostly forgot until I started therapy and had to start digging back through all these things um, that I was like, oh, mm. wow, like I was, this is why I was such a like high strung kid because I was so stressed out all the time from having to meet someone expect someone else's expectations, but like hiding yeah. almost every aspect of my life. And I think the one difference between my experience and yours is that mm. your mom maybe kind of clued in yeah. and that you were being private and being secretive, whereas mine never did. Right. So she thought what she was seeing was who I was, mm. um, which I think is also why we are where we are right now. Um, so I mean it's just crazy like the great thing I totally understand Mm, I never gave her report cards I think I used to forge signatures or just 
I I just did all sorts of things like grades were such a like panic thing for me especially because I went to such a fancy school that cost so much money like if I went back with a bad grade I would just never live it down or I felt like I never would they didn't so, ask you I don't think I gave them like a single report card to be honest <laughs> hard to know the future and it's it's hard to unlearn all those triggers yeah yeah that you're used to experiencing Mm, that's true oh growing up is so hard no one tells you this part of it yeah they don't and it all just like comes back to you at a later date (laughs) and I wonder if they don't tell you this because they themselves don't do it so maybe they genuinely didn't know I mean yeah I know. I don't know. I just know that it's all coming back to me this year. A lot of those feelings. Mm -hmm. That's just through Mm -hmm. therapy. I went to see a therapist for something unrelated to what we've just spoken about. And actually that's where a lot of my issues stem from is things from my childhood. Yep. I think it's just whoever's closest to you or whoever puts, whoever you feel like you have a lot of expectations to meet. Mm. And the thing is, it comes up for me, like, every day now. It comes up for me at work. Like, all these feelings are still there for me. Yeah. You know? Like, that. think of, like, oh, I can't let people down. Or mm-hmm. I have to outperform to the point that I am so burnt out because I don't know how else to be. Is that why you're, you said that you're, like, kind of not enjoying work lately? I mean, I think it's partially that. It's partially my inability to say no. Uh, do you keep um, on taking on work, like projects? Yes, and it's not. It's because so there were two people in my office who could do what I did, me and someone else, and that person has now got a different job temporarily till March. So, of course, it just, you know, organically became my problem. And so I'm essentially doing two people's mm-hmm. work, um, which is brutal. <laughs> And I already wasn't crazy about my job to begin with and have been trying to leave for so long, but COVID just like squished all those plans Um, that now I'm like, oh, this is the worst. Other people's problems become my problems. Mm. When they have a problem, they tell me the problem and I have to fix it. You know, and so it means that I, there are days where I don't do anything that I have to do because I'm so busy dealing with other people's problems. Um, and you have to like keep it together for them because if they see you freak out they'll freak out Um, and it's a lot of like managing other people's emotions and hand holding them and I just I don't think with all the other stuff I have going on like I'm I, I don't have the capacity to do that very well which is why I'm grateful I'm not actually in the office and having to see them mm-hmm. in person Um, and having to just do it over meetings and instant messages and emails is a lot easier than watching someone like kind of have a uh, a freak out in front of you and having to just kind of stand there and take it and calm them down it's a lot and I I just I'm not caught up for it I I think my motivations to stay with this office and this job was like fear of like not wanting to start over again and also it was cushy, but now I'm at the point where I'm like, you know, I make so much money, which is great, but I'm miserable. Mm. Mm. 
that I don't think that this is the right place for me anymore if this is how it's going well, to be. Well, what would your ideal, what would your, like, dream job be? I don't know. Like, I've been one of those people who's been so fortunate to just have jobs mm. come to me that I've never actually had to think about what I want to do, really, because there's never been a lot of time to do that. I've always had employment. What um, did you, when you went into university, what was, like, your job that you hoped to have coming out of it? Or did you just, you just were like, I just want a well-paying job in my field of study? No, I don't think I even thought that much. Like, I pretty much just wanted to survive every, like, new phase of life. And had no plans. And when I left university, my plan was to go on and do more school. Uh, Which wasn't, wasn't what happened at the end, but that was my plan. So I never picked out a career. I never envisioned what working would be like. But I was so lucky that things just kind of happened. Um, and I'm so glad. And if I think about like someone else, like if I, if someone else has the same experience that I have had and they tell me, I'd be like, wow, you're 27. You make how much a year? And you've only been working, what, five, six years? That's incredible. It's almost unimaginable, to be honest. but at the same time I'm like I really don't like it Um, I almost want to like go back to like my first job where I made like $17 an hour and left at 4 o'clock and didn't think about it again until the (laughs) next day yeah which is such a privileged thing to be able to say anyway but what do you think your next step will be um well I am technically contracted till the end of March so my plan for now is to finish it Mm. off um because as much as I am miserable I also don't want them to fail okay um and I feel like it's my commitment to at least finish the Mm -hmm. contract and when I took the contract I already told my boss I was like if it gets extended I don't know that I will say yes um and, you know, whether my boss takes that to mean whatever it means, I, I know that I did say that to them. So, yeah, I think I have between now and, like, March to figure out, like, either find something else um, or take some time off completely. Because now that all my immigration stuff is done, like, I have really no necessity to be employed. Mm-hmm. You know, like, when you're applying for PR, like, you have to yeah. stay in the same job because... All of that, but like I don't have any of those reasons, and I'm very lucky to be in a financial place where I don't have to work to pay my bills. Like I could take a few months. Why don't off. you? That's nice. It sounds good. Anyways, yes. thanks for the chat, Hen. This was yeah, lovely. Yeah, so nice. Um, but I hope that you hope that your week is a bit easier this week, a bit better. Thank you, thank you, and I hope thank week four you. is good for you. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. Love you too. Bye. Love you, hon. Bye.